Welcome to Tucson New Thought. You know, so I stepped, I stepped off camera. It's so weird to like think that it's such a virtual thing we're doing right now. I've st I stepped off camera and I went and I, I, I took a sneak peek at some of the um, chat that's happening in both Facebook and on YouTube. And, uh, you know, essentially what was said was how appropriate that song is. And um, it really is appropriate. And I really want to thank you for saying this is the song that needs to be sung. And I think bringing this to this experience as we find our time being finalized here at Tucson New Thought in this particular physical space. Hmm. I like to have that reminder that we are never alone. We are never alone. I mean, at the very least, we have ourselves, and we can consider ourselves like when we're, you know, not around other people, we might think of that as alone, but we are never alone when we understand that there is an infinite power and presence, there's an infinite source, there's an infinite creative energy that is everywhere present. And so as long as we deepen our understanding that that is everywhere, no matter what, we are never alone. So you will never walk alone. I've been thinking a lot about, well, you know, I mean, who hasn't been thinking a lot about what's happening in our world right now? Is there anyone who hasn't been giving it a lot of thought? <laughs> I think it's at the forefront of all of our minds, like, because we have no choice. It's everywhere. And, uh, you know, if you turn on the news, it's all the news is talking about. It's almost nothing else. And so it feels in some ways like we're so immersed in it. It feels like right now, I, it, what comes up for me is it sometimes feels like it's never going to end, this challenging time we're living through. And, you know, in the lyric of the song, it says, at the end of the road is a golden sky golden sky, right? Yeah. At the end of the road is a golden sky. And I really allowed myself to go with that today because what it says to me is there is an end. We can, we can live in the expectation of an end of this experience. And so let's allow that to resonate in our hearts. Now, what that end looks like when that end happens, I don't know, but there is an end this entire experience has a beginning, a middle, and an end. So it's had a beginning. We're in the middle of it now, but it will have an end. So I take this, You'll Never Walk Alone, as my theme song today. I take it, to my, I take it as my theme song, too, because I want to remind you that even though we are having a virtual experience, you can always reach out to me. So you are never alone because I have committed myself to a life of service, a life of being present, a life of being available to those who need the connection and need the spiritual guidance. So, hmm. so I just want you to know that you are never alone because you can always reach out to me. When I was being ordained, you know, the, the, the process within, within the construct that I went through to become a minister is... Uh, you are licensed first. You actually don't become ordained in ministry until certain 
uh, years of service. And so the minimum at that point was three years of service if you were a senior minister. And so I was a senior minister for three years, and then I went to have my ordination panel, and they make a determination around whether you are ordained. And what it means to be an ordained minister is that you are a minister for life. They cannot take away, it's like being in tenure, you know, they can't take away uh, your license, they will not take, they will not, I mean, unless you did something really egregious, it's not going to happen. And, and, and the reason that I bring this up is because one of the questions that I was asked in my ordination panel, and this has always, always stuck with me, was this question. If you were not ordained today, what would you do? That's one of the questions that I got asked. If you were not ordained today, what would you do? And I took a moment, I took a breath, and I said, you know what? I would, be do, I would do exactly what I'm doing. I would allow my life to be lived in service to uplift and support. I would live my life in service to teach new thought principles. I would live my life with this consciousness in mind that my presence here is is for the purpose of healing the world. And I heal the world first and foremost by healing my own mind. And so it is up to me to stand as a beacon. This is what I have committed myself to by being an ordained minister, to stand as a beacon for this thing called healing. And as I referenced with the candle, you know, the, 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 the healing candle, healing in this philosophy means the revelation of the divine nature of every circumstance, of every experience. And here's what I, you know, this is gonna, people are gonna be like, wait, what? Because here's what I want you to know. The coronavirus is part of God. The coronavirus is a divine experience. This thing, it is divine. And we get to decide what our relationship to the experience is. That is the great choice and the great power that we have at hand. So we're living a pandemic, right? Y'all like that word? You like it? So, because pandemic actually may not mean what you think it means if you look at the root of the word pandemic. And I actually am grateful that we are living a pandemic. Pandemic, we look at it and the, 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 word, that, the word that so many people are, are understanding it to mean is this ill effect that is happening and being experienced worldwide. We usually relate it to some kind of ill effect, right? But if you look at the root of the word, pan meaning all, demos meaning people. Pandemic literally means all people. And so I take to heart that this pandemic is reflective of the wholeness, the unified wholeness that we get to experience now. And this has brought the world together in a, in a way that we have not experienced, I think, since 9-11. I wrote, so we have a group on Facebook. Um, so it's a private group, but you're welcome to join. So if you want to be added to this group, it's called the TNT Family Potluck. If you want to be added to that group, just send me a message on Facebook and I will add you to that Facebook group. But yesterday, late in the day, I, I had spent a lot of my day yesterday thinking about all this that was going on. I said, and then, you know, of course, thinking about what I wanted to say this morning. And so I wrote this whole thing. I said, some of this might show up in, in our virtual service tomorrow. It may not. But I wrote this, so it's clearly showing up. I wrote this. I said, why is this in our experience now? This thing called COVID-19 is a reflection of a tacit 
underlying viral consciousness that has until now remained below the level of awareness in collective, in the collective. This collective consciousness is one of distrust, uncertainty, fear, othering, scapegoating, and more. The conscious impressions of the collective have created an effect. And so what we are experiencing now is the effect of this thing that has really been under the surface. And I think it's been like punching to try to make itself known in the activities and the experiences of our lives. It's very clear to me, you know, as we've talked about in various spiritual circles, that we are on the precipice of a new world order, that this, I think, is part of it, that what, we are, what is being brought to the surface is a, is a, is a conscious, collective idea that is showing up in the world so that each and every one of us can take stock of what it means for us and we can choose to do something about it if we choose to do something about it. Because as Ernest Holmes said, anything the mind thinks, it can rethink. If therefore the law, by the law of cause and effect, we have produced unpleasant conditions, we should be able by the same law to produce an entirely different effect. So there has been this underlying below the level of awareness, conscious acceptance of things like othering, things like scapegoating, things like uncertainty, and things like fear that now is being illuminated in our experience. And as it becomes illuminated, I can look at my world and say, this is the world that I see. Is this the world I choose to continue to live in because I know my mind. I can utilize the law of cause and effect to produce an entirely different circumstance. We are not subject to anything except the limitations in our own use of mind. There is nothing from which we need to be saved except the limitations in our own use of mind. There is no power pressing against us except the limitations in our own use of mind. We are the ones who are in charge. Are you seeing a pattern here? The only thing that we have to address is the way in which we are, each and every one of us, individualized, individually and individualizing the infinite power and presence of creation. We are experiencing an opportunity to put this teaching to the test. But I want to be very clear. This is not a God-ordained test because there is no thing outside the self that creates any kind of test that we need to experience. This is a test that has uprooted itself from the collective to say, here, but we're all responsible for it. And that is not to say that any one of us is to blame for it. We are at the point where we can look at the way we are able to respond. We are response-able. And so our work is to utilize our mind in such a way that this experience becomes short-lived. That's what I choose to do. We have the opportunity to live the principle actively and utilize it to change the world. I said last week, I say it all the time because it's one of my favorite quotes of Ernest Holmes. One alone in consciousness with the infinite constitutes a complete majority. We can, through the power of our consciousness, change this experience. But it takes the work. 
It takes the work to actively live the principle, the principle that we are spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe governed by our use of a spiritual law, which is the law of cause and effect. This experience is the result of infinite mind, and it is mind that will change the experience. So the learning opportunity here, the learning opportunity here is this. We have experienced the up rising of a circumstance that was rooted in collective consciousness. What is collective consciousness? Collective consciousness is the common beliefs and thoughts among a group. So there are one, two, I want to make sure there are not more than 10. Uh, There are eight of us in here. (laughs) There are eight of us in the room. We are all physically distant from one another, to be abundantly clear, because you can't see that on camera. But there is a collective consciousness which has been created in this room. There is a collective consciousness which has been created in this city, if we look at all the inhabitants of this city, and so on and so forth. A collective consciousness of the state. These are all, all these borders are simply illusions in mind, and so we can look at it and say there's a collective consciousness of the state, but that is actually something that I'm limiting in my own mind. So I choose to allow the collective consciousness of the universe to be the point from which I now express. And I know that Actually, I really do trust that the common beliefs and thoughts among this group, this universal wholeness, are in alignment with this being done. So we've had a worldwide, we'd have, we, I mean, we're having a worldwide conscious experience. Perhaps it had been at the, uh, below the level of awareness, but we, now that it is in our experience, it rises to the level of awareness. So this is our work. Our work, should we choose to accept it, is to shine a light on this darkness and faithfully invite those ill effects to go. This is not Pollyanna thinking. This is knowing who we are. This is knowing that we are the point of power. We are the presence. We are the good. I continued on Facebook. I wrote this. I think that what is on the other side of this experience is the new world order. This is, a, this is the seismic shift in the collective consciousness of the world so many have predicted. The breaking through of the butterfly through the chrysalis is not an easy or pain-free process, but it is a necessary process for the life of the butterfly. So if you are willing to allow yourself to move with grace and with ease through this painful time, boy, what is on the other side of this is is magnificent and more magnificent than I think even any of us can comprehend at this moment. But I know that the magnificence is radically transforming this entire planet. Today's message is called New Living in Common Unity. New Living in Common Unity. We are faced with the choice of how we proceed. What comes up for me, actually, if I'm going to take it, I'm going to talk less about the worldwide effects now. And I want to talk about the world that we have created within this spiritual community and the spiritual community that we are moving to and integrating with. And I know that there are people who are watching from Unity of Tucson, and what a 
magnificent opportunity for us in a very unexpected way to start to integrate our communities. You know, I'm really excited by that. What I would love for us to do as we integrate these two communities is to not bring this experience, this reflection of the world into the world we are creating together. We have an opportunity for a collective upliftment as two spiritual communities who are deciding to be one. So the question then becomes for me, will we take the opportunity to learn and grow or will we let the perception of differences divide us? At our core, we are pandemic. We are all people. We are one. One people living on one planet, joining as one family. We all are one. And so my call to you is to say this, let Tucson New Thought and Unity of Tucson become a beacon in the world to shine the light on a new way to engage, a new way of living, a new life. We can be the point of power that shifts the collective consciousness of the world. And note that I didn't say a point that can contribute. We alone, as a collective, can shift the consciousness of the world. We are a mental majority because one alone in consciousness with the infinite constitutes a complete majority, but the one can be the collective of this common unity, this community. My call to you, and this is your homework. Oh, you thought you all were going to get away with no homework, eh? <laughs> Canada's coming out. <laughs> My call to you, your homework, is to be the health you seek. Engage that through prayer, treatment, whatever you choose to call it. Engage it by actively using your mind. Be the community you seek by actively engaging your mind through prayer, through treatment, whatever you call it. Be the love you seek. Let these prayers be answered by the actions of your life. That is new living in common unity. Namaste. Hello, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of My Sunday Message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, www.tucsonnewthought.org. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.